0: Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast, coming from your home field studios. I'm one of your regular co-hosts, Skeeter, and along with me, as usual, are Case and Cole. How are y'all doing? Good,
1: doing good, brother. Howdy,
0: fellas. I got made fun of for my intro the other day. Uh, Somebody's like, every show you just say that, "How you doing?" or "How y'all doing?" But it, I think it just naturally started pretty early for me and it just kind of become a habit so if we need to change that up if we need to change it up let me know but uh let's see we just finished recording our recap episode so here we are sunday recording our preview for lsu we were hoping to be able to have some guests on but schedules and nothing really worked out we kind of natural three guys outdoors married you know hunting season we were very pessimistic and thought three days before recording oh let's see if we can get a guest <laughs> so, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah that is true <laughs> maybe
0: maybe it's our fault but anyways, <laughs> our Tigers are 5 and 0 oh, just as Case predicted in the preseason preview. Uh and LSU you know just as Case predicted uh 3 and 2 on the season, you know, Case you said uh, the year and our Tigers our Tigers, our Missouri Tigers will be 5 and 0 oh going into this ballgame, game, right?
2: Oh yeah, you know me. That was that was totally me. I was that guy. I was I was drinking the Kool Aid. I was all in on him. No, I know I'm the bestest in the team. I'm the I'm the Debbie Downer. I said no way no way in hell we beat K State. Best case scenario, we're four and one going in there. Yeah, no, that's me.
1: Well, I mean, if it was the other way around, it'd be like, see, Case knows ball and Cole and Skeeter are just sunshine pumpers and. <laughs> Whatever, man. You could never win,
2: <laughs> except if you're. We to all cook. can't pick the same thing, guys. It'd be a boring show. Hey,
0: exactly. Hey. It was good. What?
2: Uh, I'm glad I. Well, won. I'd rather be in this scenario.
0: Yes, I'd rather you be wrong than us be wrong doing the show right now. So <laughs> hey, right? I am happy. Uh, but LSU is three and two. Uh, coming off a 55-49 game at Ole Miss. Really good game. Really exciting. I flipped over and watched it. Uh, I don't think there's any any surprise to y'all that I root for LSU to lose any chance they get, so I was pretty happy. Uh, but Ole Miss puts up 706 yards of offense. (laughs) Hello. Uh, That is 39 passing attempts for 389 yards and 49 rushing attempts for 317 yards. So this LSU defense is very Bo Planey-esque. And I know they're loving it down in the bayou. And this is why I do not like LSU, because their fan base is already turning on mr kelly and two games or what five games into the season of his second season so he's let's see that 12 games in a bowl so they're at game 18 and they're already running out of town gotta love it hmm. tragic uh, I mean,
2: it's kind of a coin set a coin there for me because like I really he came in there with that fake New Orleans accent and he was doing that whole like he went from being like Boston accent and Notre Dame to you know, hey, just I'm just a good old Cajun boy down here in New Orleans. Like that was <laughs> like cheese central. So I was hoping they turn on this whole time, but I know what you mean. They like, this is just kind of their style they turn on everyone.
0: Yeah. Uh just recap their season so far, opening week loss. Then they beat Grambling, Mississippi State, and a close win over Arkansas. And then the lost to Ole Miss, and they're traveling to Columbia uh, here. So, they're second back-to-back road games for them. And we get them before Auburn, which is a huge matchup for them here. Uh, annual matchup to LSU. Auburn's a, a big game, so maybe they're not focused so much on Blue Mizzou. You know, we're nobody, but... We are the higher-ranked team. We are the undefeated team, and that's my notes. So y'all take it over from here. Ad lib.
2: Um, I want to look. I looked at the roster. I was in a tree stand today, and I'll get to that later in the show when you are outdoors. But I was in a tree stand today, and uh, something happened where deer weren't going to be a factor. So I was looking at uh, their uh, their schedule. So like you said, uh, loss to Florida State. Florida State's good. They lost big. And it was one of those games where I believe they were winning, and then Florida State was like, oh, no, this is how you beat this team. And then just waffle stomp them, correct? Like, that's how that happened. So, there's that. That shows a little in this, inside there. You Look at the Grambling game. Grambling is their uh, South Dakota game. They beat the Ever-11 Pants off Grambling. I, you can't take much from that. You can't take much from our South Dakota game. It's because we were still trying to figure stuff out. Then you look at Mississippi State. They had a big win there. Okay, but how big is that? I'm gonna go on the record and say this right now. Mississippi State is better is, is worse than Vanderbilt. Mississippi State is the worst team in the SEC right now. And I know like that Cole's giving me a face like no duh. But multiple very well respected SEC podcasts that we're fans of I do not agree. And they've got Mississippi State spot or two spots above Vanderbilt. Um, so I I think that's basically your Vandy game right there. And then you got Arkansas. They had a tight one over Arkansas. Guys, what do we know about Arkansas this year? We know they're struggling. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Who said that? I love it. <laughs> um, and when Arkansas played them tight, we thought maybe Arkansas wasn't the way back up. BYU was a mistake. They're coming back. No, they just played versus A&M. And A&M, who m also having a kind of rocky season, took them to the woodshed. Uh, I think playing Arkansas's level – Might have been more who they are than what we thought they were going to be. Now, I'm not saying that to say we're going to roll LSU. I'm saying this more or less to what I'm trying to say. Go back to what my previous prediction was, that I thought LSU was this national contender, was going to win the West outright. Because that was my prediction going into the season. I had LSU winning the West. They're not winning the West, obviously. But also, they're a lot more vulnerable than we ever thought they would be. So that's why why I bring the schedule up is it does show a lot of what this game has become, not what it was.
1: That was very well put, Case. All of those (laughs) things you said. Those were very very well thought out thoughts. Uh, Mine's probably not going to be near that good. It's funny, though. In the season preview, I, I always try to go back and listen to what our season preview episode said because I'm you know, a father of a newborn child and sleep deprivation and being busy. So I forget what I say sometimes, but I went back and listened and Skeeter and I had mentioned uh, that, you know, might, might be a little bit of fool's gold last year with LSU. You know, they had a pretty good season, won the West, but was, was that out of bounds? I'm, again, not, not trying to call them out uh, right now, at least maybe maybe, after Saturday, I'll have a different opinion. But
0: it was a down year. <laughs> Skeeter said that. I mean,
1: but um Skeeter's very passionate. He's going to get to that later. He is very passionate about this ball game. Here's my thing: they play Florida State. Florida State week one, the very next week, Florida State goes to Boston College and plays a very close one with Boston College. So. You know, we can start the, the circle of suck, you know what I mean, as far as like, oh, who's better, you know, because they beat this program but then played a tight one in this this game. Here's what I saw last night in the highlights against Olmes. Again, very, very good ball game. Jaden Daniels, very good ball player. He is he's a threat all over the field. Even that last play of the game where he's scrambling around, I'm like, is he gonna yeah. just find somebody sitting in the back corner? There's one one ball that I think he throws really, really well, and that's the fade. Like one on one man to man corner fade. I don't I don't know if I know enough yet about our DBs, if that's gonna be a strength for them to to defend, but that's gotta be something that they're looking for. Obviously, quarterback containment, respecting the run, you know, death row defense, trying to trying to keep that guy contained. So I guess that's just kind of some of my opening thoughts on,
0: on okay. it. I'm fixing to go on a rant here because <laughs> uh, Drinkwits has his bulletin board material. Get the Luther Burden chips. Get the whole freaking bag on your shoulder here in Mizzou Tigers. LSU six and a half point favorite ESPN score predictor LSU 70.2 Mizzou 29.8 so they're not even giving us a three out of ten chance of beating LSU we are the higher ranked team we're the undefeated team we're home field come on Vegas uh over under 62 and a half on a team that just gave up 55 points over 700 yards last week come on what are we doing here the disrespect is there drink what's has that stp mentality going it's going to be a stole sold out packed furrow. There's going to be a little extra southern draw there because you're going to have Skeeter on the hill and little Skeet Skeets with me and we're going to be screaming M-I-Z-Z-O-U and I might even get kicked out of the stadium because the fourth quarter for the game goes like I won. I might start singing neck to LSU, but (laughs) you know, this mentality of Mizzou who? Mizzou who? You know, like you you reverse these numbers and we just come off a game of giving up fifty-five points, seven hundred yards of uh offense and three and two on the season. Uh this is a, a twenty-one point spread. <laughs> you know, like come on, what the disrespect it's there. STP, we got something to prove. And I think the fan base is bought in and the team's definitely bought in. And so now, drink what's all he's got to do is post this up. LSU don't even have to say a word to the media this week. Like, we got all the ammo we need right here.
1: Uh, Skeeter, like they that. need you in the locker room to do that yeah. pregame speech, bro. We need to play LSU know. every week. You should be up the video
2: this week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not locker room material because it'll sound like uh, Craig Berube before Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, where bleep, did it, bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it will not be a good example for my kids. But yeah, I do get pumped up. Uh, LSU. I've got a 16 year old daughter that if we lose this game. My phone's probably gonna get tossed in the Missouri River coming back over to Jeff City because I'm gonna be so sick and tired of my family texting me. Uh, maybe I should learn to not run my mouse so much, but hey, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wired to be rational. I am trying to learn.
2: God, we gotta win this one for Skeet. We really we gotta win this game for Skeeter.
1: We do hey, this. The if we win this game, the recap
2: will just be gold, absolute gold. We, us three are rushed to field. No one else. We're gonna go straight to jail. But <laughs> yeah,
0: that would not be good. i be good. At all good. No, all we I'm gotta really... do is call our wives and it's I, I believe jail does the video phone now and it's all recorded so we can still get our podcast out next week it'll be okay
2: they yeah, They probably give us the audio for that we're coming to you live from the home field jail sale
1: from the Boone County from the Boone County
2: jail uh, <laughs> but I mean VSN to get 50% off your order and get us, help us pay our bail <laughs>
1: Forgive and that... just g- contribute to our bond fund. Please and thank you. <laughs>
0: does that does that not get y'all pumped up? I mean, six and a half point underdogs. Uh, yeah, is... You know, over under at 62. Like, is LSU going can be the only one scoring here? I don't, I don't know where they're getting those numbers. i, I really do you,
2: man. That does seem a bit high, um, especially after the loss last week. But, um, man, I, so much of that goes just on name brand alone, you know? They're like, oh, LSU brand is going to be higher. Uh, hell, I I put money on Ole Miss to win last week, and I won money on that. But um, it might be a good bet to put some money on Mizzou and see what happens. I say that. Don't do that. Don't bet on what oh, I hang say.
0: On. Hang on, Case. I'm getting breaking. News. Inside sources tell us Jaden Daniels will be on campus this week <laughs> to tour Mizzou. Oh, man, <laughs> go fan club.
2: Official uh, official
1: visit to Furrow Field.
0: You heard it here first. <laughs> Two years late. Though, Two years late. <laughs> oh man, it's it's gonna be packed. And thank it's you, K State. Atmosphere. Thank you, K State people, for coming over from Manhattan and helping us yeah. again. Man, I'm salty. I am salty. I like, like it.
2: Skeeter, this is good content, bit. I is, like this. This is great.
0: Well, I mean, I usually bite my tongue. And I'm not guaranteeing a win. Like, I don't, I don't want people coming at me next week if we do lose saying, I, I did predict it. I want it with every ounce in me. If we have a punt blocked inside the tackle box, 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage, Skeeter might really be in jail. Because if I go up there to Como another year and the refs screw us... <laughs> I mean, uh, it might be just time for Bobby this. Boucher if, to come out of me.
1: If we have another play like what happened in the Kentucky game last year, while My you're man. in Faroe, you're My not man. coming back. I'm sorry. You're you cannot not. come back. You stay our Plain and simple. Us. You go to all the road games you want and let that crap happen. But if Pharoah, you cannot come back. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> oh, well, 11 a.m. kickoff. I know a lot of fans were upset about that when you look at the time slots I'm I'm not so much yes the 7 p.m. ESPN time slots the probably the prime one we all wanted under the lights but 11 a.m as college game days wrapping up all across the country bars sports bars restaurants everywhere will have their TVs on and it's going from college game day straight to Como so it's going to get a lot of eyes on the on the field, it's a great chance to get our brand exposure that we want. Uh, probably, it's, it's probably our best way to get the most views of any time slot that we have uh, options for Saturday. So, college game day, hey, our Tigers upheld their end of the bargain to get them there. Not our fault Baton Rouge can uphold their end. Uh, top matchup in SEC. Uh, this week, and that, that's something I wanted to ask y'all real quick, not to get off of ours, but who do you want between Kentucky and Georgia?
2: Um, man, I, I, my we get Kentucky,
0: Kentucky next week, we're going to Lexington.
2: I don't know why I want Kentucky, uh, maybe just I want chaos inside me. I think both are going to be a, a fight. I Kentucky has given us fits forever, and Georgia is Georgia. So it doesn't matter who wins, like for us going versus them, but for just shaking up the SEC, I, I want I want Kentucky to win.
1: It's Georgia. I'm sorry. You want Georgia? It's to It's Georgia. Win? I do. I will. I to be completely honest, I don't care. I Really don't. I mean, both. Either way, it, it semi as long as we take care of business, it's semi bottlenecks. The east through either one of those places To which we still have to go to both Of them um, yeah. Here's here's the thing about that game real quick And then we'll get back to ours uh, Devin Leary comes from NC State right
2: mm-hmm.
1: So I mean You could argue that he's seen a team Like Georgia in maybe Clemson FSU But Kentucky's not going to run all over Georgia Like they did Florida not gonna happen. And Devin Leary has kind of looked a little. I mean, he was. I think he was nine for twenty.
0: Yeah, he's, he's not been sharp whatsoever. So,
1: yeah, give me give me Georgia on that one until I see otherwise. That's all I got on yeah.
0: that. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I am not. I'm in Missouri. I'm at. Uh, families. Uh, I've got a, a funeral to go to tomorrow, so my internet's not the best. But here, here's the thing. I think if we win and Kentucky wins, college game day will be in Lexington next week. Uh so which if Georgia's undefeated and we're undefeated, week nine, we're both eight and zero. They'll probably be there. But, you know, the college game day has seemed to want to go and give campuses a spotlight that haven't had it a whole lot. And so you got to think Lexington and football, they're going to want to preview, like shine a little yeah. light on them. And so that could be another way to get our, our brand exposure out there really good and show everybody like, hey, Mizzou's, Mizzou's making something here. But in order to do that, we've got to do what this team has kept doing the one and O mentality. I think they kind of learned the hard way. Uh, the middle Tennessee State, I think they thought they were one and O before kickoff that week and about bit them in the butt. And I think that's got them refocused. Vandy was a great chance to. Have another overlook like Middle Tennessee State, and they did not let it happen. So I believe we're on the right track. My concern going into this game, Jaden Daniels, his arm does not necessarily scare me, but we have not had to account for a mobile quarterback that's as mobile as him. The Memphis quarterback, the Middle Tennessee quarterback, they both escaped out of the pocket a little bit. Will Howard, was kind of running until he banged his knee up and then he wasn't really much of a threat, but this is the first quarterback that is true dual threat that threat that we have to worry about. And we're already struggling on assignments here and there and miscommunication. So that's something that does make me nervous, Uh, but it's a great chance for our defense to step up. And I think they're going to feed off the energy of the crowd. So uh, the, the first five minutes, I think, will be very instrumental in the game this Saturday.
2: I totally agree with the defense. I mean, this is this is a chance for a step up. I mentioned in the pre or in the recap of uh, the Vandy game, I was not impressed with our safeties at all, and that gave me a pretty bad gut feeling going into this game because Jaden Daniels can absolutely sling the rock. He can run too. He is a gunslinger, and they got some studs wide receiver too. I mean, people. I, I'll be honest. I think when people have said that they are the best receiving court in the SEC than us, if you listen to our last episode, you know I don't agree. But uh, what I'm saying is they can burn some guys, and if our guys play that versus Vanderbilt, we're going to get toasted early and often. So as Skeeter just said, this is a great opportunity for them to come together, You know, watch that film, and get better. And I also think the noise at for a sold-out Faroe makes a difference. The energy you give them is huge. Um, man, if this was a night game, I think it would get even more boost to us. But we brought it at 11 a.m. versus KSU. I don't know why we wouldn't bring it at 11 a.m. versus LSU.
1: They'll bring it. They'll bring it for sure. I was one of the uh, many people that were up- upset at the game time, but nothing we could do about it except show up and be loud. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, a couple notes I have on LSU. You, we've already mentioned Daniels multiple times. Very, very talented. Very dangerous threat. But I want to talk about their leading receiver, uh, Malik Neighbors. He is statistically comparing him to others. He is their Luther Burton. Very similar receptions. Very similar yards, very similar yards after catch. I mean, their numbers are just about identical. There's another thing that I'm surprised we've gone almost 24 minutes into this podcast and we have not mentioned. And I'm going to bring it up right now. And that's uh, the return of Wingo. No, not Ryan Wingo. Makai Wingo to Mizzou. Uh, For those that may not be aware, uh, Makai Wingo... (laughs) Told me personally in a DM, I asked him, I said, Hey, you're not, you're not leaving. Are you? No, I'm not going anywhere. Is what he said. Like a week and a half later, transfer portal. Boom. He's at LSU. Very shortly after Brian Kelly got hired and I guess his high school head coach, Staples coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A former high school coach was brought on staff to, uh, Tell us you and he followed him there. So yeah, that's that's interesting. And I believe, you know, just based off a little bit of Twitter interaction that I saw over the summer, that some of the guys that stayed on the D line um aren't aren't too happy about it. One being our main leader on the D line, Darius Robinson. So part of me wonders if that's why he also set out vandy not only to get healthy, but to make sure that he's a hundred percent to show Fully, what you know, Wingo might might be missing out on by uh, or what he did miss out on by leaving Mizzou. So, that one's never sat right with me. I know there's a bunch of fans that you know, listen to this podcast and also are, are on social media that are kind of in the same boat as me that are rubbed the wrong way about the way he left Mizzou after I mean, they, they poached a, a freshman All American from us. So, very upsetting. Um, but all we can do is prove it, prove it otherwise on the field.
2: It's a good point, Cole. I, yeah, I would love to just, just run the ball down their throat, yes. just consistently just really give it to them. Yep. Try 100%. not to curse words there. That was hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another thing is <laughs> what's funny too, is about the Skeeter on your, your tangent, you know, 10 minutes ago was, um, uh, What'd you say the over under was 65, 66, 60, like 62 and a half, 62 and a half. Okay. Um, LSU's averaging 44 points a game.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know gave where up, Vegas
0: is. Gave up 55 yesterday to Ole Miss. Yeah. 55. Um,
1: they're averaging uh, 353 yards through the air, 198 on the ground They're Uh, I think this is interesting. I started doing this when we had Joseph on and I'm going to, I guess I'm going to keep doing it. They've, uh, they've actually ran the ball more than they've passed it. They've had 180 rushes and 175 pass attempts. So, and then, well, I already talked about it, but Daniel starts that fade ball really well. And I think if we can take that out of his pocket, you know, or maybe even create a turnover to pivotal turnover off of, off of one of those attempted fades, I think we might end up being in good shape. So that's, That's most of what I got. Contain their wide receivers. Run it right down Wingo's throat. And uh, contain Daniels.
0: Defense, it's going to be sound assignment. Uh, You're assigned your gap. You're assigned your guy. You have... You can't worry about what's going on in the rest of the field. You have to stick to your assignment because they use a lot of motion, a lot of speed, uh, a lot of things to get your eyes in places they aren't supposed to be. And they've got <clears throat> they've got some dudes there. Uh, but you know, one thing I want to piggyback off what you just talked about with Wingo. Uh, he's a fan favorite. He's a team leader for LSU. He's getting the number eighteen jersey this year, which. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. That's kind of like our 25 jersey that's handed out each year. So it's, it's, you know, team leader, Jacob Hester wore it back in the 04 or whatever campaign that was that they had national championship in the early two thousands. It's a team leader. It's a player uh, exemplifying certain characteristics that they want. And it's assigned by coaches. So uh, it's, a big thing down there for him to, to get the 18. Uh, but also this game is big for Mizzou and recruiting. You wouldn't, it's not just in general, but Brian Kelly has had success in the St. Louis area. And so him bringing on uh, Steeples, Staples I may get the coach's name wrong and I apologize, but, uh, that was a strategic move. That's to keep that connection to St. Louis kids because he knows what type of athletes that area produces and he wants them down in, in Baton Rouge. And so, you know, it, it's massive in that aspect of show, Drinkwood stepping up and saying, this is my state. This is my border. Stay out of it. You know, uh, we've, we've got to show that. Uh, I hear clapping in the living room and I see Case clapping. So the Chiefs-Jets game's going on. We've got to over. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's going to have implication in players yet to come to college on this game Saturday. Uh, who knows? Maybe we can beat Brian Kelly and LSU will fire him. We've got a habit of being the Graham Reaper for coaching careers in the SEC.
2: That'd be wild. They fired him after that, but yeah, I guess we've, seen, we've seen weird things, but you make a great point. He does absolutely go after St. Louis. And I have seen a large contingent of St. Louisians um, who are just, I don't know, more proud in the St. Louis fact than they are. They're Missourians and they do the whole, and Wingo is kind of one of the leaders, the catalyst of this. It's I'm from St. Louis. I'm not from Missouri. And I feel like Kelly and his staff and is it Steeps steeples? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, he's a big part of that as well. He's like the, you know, you're a St. Louisian, You're not a Missouri and you're a St. Louisian. Come down to Louisiana. And you're right. drinkwoods can just go ahead and stomp that out and be like, nope, this whole state is Missouri. This is the borders here are Missouri. I think that would be big for us because you're right. Uh, you care when some of these guys start seeing that, and all of a sudden it's not so enticing to leave the state.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just had a good, really good point to bring up. And as quickly as it came to my mind, it just said, Oh, okay. You, you talk about drink wits, and you know, I don't feel he feels the pressure of coaching for his job anymore, but I am seeing a maturity. In him as a coach, and not saying he was immature, but just the seriousness in which he's talking, uh, the way he's talking in the locker room to the team, to the players, seen a big growth in in Drinkwitz this year, and I, I don't think we can understate the importance of bringing Kirby Moore on and freeing that time up from Drinkwitz, <clears throat> and how it's allowing him to grow and lead the team. The way it needs to be led, so uh, got to be excited for that in this game. You know, I think it's one he's had circled too. You know, it's it's big, mighty LSU, and I don't think drinkwitz has a has a problem getting a uh, team fired up with with hype uh, when it's the big opponents. It's the the smaller schools that we worried about in the past, the Vandys, the Memphises, and all that. But he has shown the ability this year to bring it from the start. Uh, And so I want to see a quick start from us. Really, I think that's going to be important because the way LSU – gets out of columbia with a victory is they come out and they hit us in the jaw and it gets the crowd a little bit out of it and they get one or two stops and next thing you know we're we're in a hole and it can unravel pretty quick when you're talking 18 to 22 year old kids
2: no i i disagree with you um i think you're right if we don't get out and start battling them- and we don't like we did against KSU. KSU punches in the mouth. We punched him right back in the mouth loot the, the big burden touchdown. Yeah. If they start uh, getting a two score lead on us, it's hard to come back. Um, I don't love our secondary right now, uh, but I know they can absolutely score some points over there in LSU. And it's going to be hard to come back from that. So you're right. It's got to be tit for tat, just like KSU was.
1: Yeah. For sure. One thing I'm um, as much as I hate the 11 a.m. kickoff, and that's actually what I'm trying to do now is find uh, find that stat. <clears throat> excuse me about how many different 11 a.m. kickoffs teams have had within the SEC uh, over the past 11 years, and I believe this is LSU's 11th, or they've only had 11 up to this point. Yeah. 11 a.m. kickoffs. So I know that's a lot of 11s, but they've What's had the least.
2: Not- LSU gets. A lot there is because they also get those night games constantly at home that's
1: what I yeah that's what I'm saying at night is like the the fact that they have had so few I'm not saying oh well you know they only have one a year so they don't know how to prepare for it no it's not what I'm saying but they're so used to traveling um and and being at stadium at a certain time and it's gonna be a little chillier up here than it is it's uh, be a
2: good deer weekend
1: at a very good deer weekend, but it just, as much as I hate it from, you know, tailgating and fans perspective, it might play into an advantage. Last time they were here, we had an 11 a.m. kickoff and turned out. All right. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll take it, I guess.
0: Hey, I get to come up, watch the game and sleep in my bed that night. And that's, Awesome for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So
2: so uh, you, are you sat on tickets? Y'all good to go?
0: I'm calling ticket office in the morning because I called last week and I was told 8 a.m. Monday morning. All right, so I will go. I will call or I will have called by Monday morning by the time this show comes out. But uh, the only other thing. Really, I have on this game is just, you know the the game day atmosphere. Coach Drink and Mike Kelly have kind of honed on this on the coaches' show on uh, Tuesday nights about getting to the seats a little bit earlier, setting the tone, setting the atmosphere earlier. Uh, and so, the the tiger walk. They talked about how huge. That was a Memphis forum and drink hopes it carries over to home games in Columbia. And man, if you're able to get there and it, you don't, you might not think you matter, but I'm telling you, it, this is a, uh, uh, wear black, I believe for the fans. Blackout and, finally. And so, the players walking into the stadium and then when they go out to take up warmups and they look up in the stands to start seeing thousands of people already there instead of a few hundred, Uh, man, it's going to, it's going to set a tone for them and it's going to, it's going to help. It's going to help. So that's my only plea there.
2: I get that. Um, They moved tire walk really far away from its old spot and it's a long walk. So I'm going to probably just continue drinking. Uh, with my uh, with my tailgate there If you would like to join uh, Either one of you or anyone listening Please DM me and I'll get you the location Um But I, I do With the get there Get in early enough to watch the entire game This has been kind of Um a long standing thing from Zoo fans is We like to go to the games We like to tailgate We like to get nice and drunk Um but sometimes we don't always make it into the game. Uh, and we've got to be better about that. That is our thing. I don't I think we attend very well. I think that's not really a thing. We just um we like to get a little wasted in the
0: parking lot and not always make it in.
1: We're alcoholically late rather than yeah. fashionably
0: late. Well yeah. think about it, we we haven't had a product right. on the field like what we have right now to want to get in there and, and show out. So uh <coughs> they'll be in the, there. The other preview moving on from football is basketball at the quad Friday night, uh, we've been talking ever since basketball season ended has been news and news and news. And, you know, drink, says, look at me, my undefeated football team and Dennis Gates is Mizzou hoops, you know, so uh, he's not letting us forget him. It's a great chance to go out and get, get to have a fun time. I plan on being there in time. If I convince my other half to, hey, school's not important for the boys as their first Mizzou memory. Let's get them up there Friday for that. So uh, go there, get to see the team, have a fun environment. Uh, it's laid back, but also setting a tone for a season. That, I that another stepping stone uh, for, for what's to come there. And I, I believe it involves the women's basketball team too, as well, right? Yep. Okay, so that's Friday. Not a, I don't really have a time for that. It seemed like it was nighttime. It happened last year. Yeah, I, wanna,
1: I think it's like seven. I want to say. Okay. they'll. I'm sure they'll tweet out some stuff and put stuff out on social media this week. So, and we'll share it on. I'm sure we'll share it on all our platforms as well.
0: Okay, uh, just a little fun basketball thing popped in my head here. Uh, basketball dunking competition among the woods, water, Mizzou podcast. I'm guessing, uh, Cole, you, you were kind of athletic. Yeah, it, you were right? QB back in the day, uh, option quarterback. So could you touch your rim? Mm-hmm. Could you okay. get it in the cylinder?
1: Uh, with a women's ball, I could, um, I could jump up and grab the rim with two hands, but
0: small yeah. hands, no, I small got hands. hands. <laughs>
1: i gotta hands. <laughs> i just couldn't get it i couldn't get that hot up over the roof. so
0: okay you know. i touched the rubber of the bottom of the backboard that was a <laughs> lot for hey 18 year old driver's license five foot four 125 pounds so uh i'm small now but i was really small then uh case you're standing flat-footed Put your ten foot long arms up and you're probably touching the backboard where yeah, I was. I, I have given by all I could
2: I could touch the rim just because I'm already majority of the way there. Starting starting off.
1: Yeah, you're one of the guys that can stand under it, reach up and grab the net and just yep. hang on the net. So oh boy. yeah. Maybe we'll have to get one of those like little kids' trampolines. Like I got my daughter has a little Tykes trampoline. We'll just have a dunk contest.
2: Bounce on it. Yeah, or if- Oh, to I'm. This is just riffing right now. Mizzou plays Seton Hall in Kansas City this year. Kansas City has the College of Basketball Hall of Fame, which is an interactive Hall of Fame, and they've got like dunking rims set at like every level. <laughs> get all, get the team in to get the boys in there. Get all three of us, and we just uh, we re- live live record us a dunk contest on the on the short
0: rims.
1: Yeah, there you go. Very well, good time.
0: As long as I can still get in and out my heavy equipment with crutches, I'll go for it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so we we talk about this cold front coming in. Deer season. It's been another hot one down here. I'm sure it was just as hot uh, yep, up there with y'all.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, humidity made it high this evening down where I'm at. I really noticed mosquitoes, a a few here and there, but tonight down here in Southwest Missouri, there were some freaking hawks flying around as mosquitoes, you know, kind of worried about kids starting to be carried off to nest and, you know, like (laughs) meal to go. But, uh, man, that colder weather, then things will start going away a little bit. Uh, ticks. That's one thing. Another reason I don't like hunting uh, when it's this hot. Deer generally got ticks on them uh, when you're still in the nineties, and so let's get this colder air in there, get the nasty side of Mother Nature out of the way, and uh, hey, when it's this is this is how I judge it now. I look at the forecast and I say. Will Brett Sarver be sweating from the time he leaves his vehicle till he goes in the house? If it's a no, the deer will probably be moving.
2: <laughs> that's a pretty solid uh,
1: that's a pretty solid measuring stick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brett, but uh, man, how how bad it is? I mean we're all hunters. We all have a great passion for hunting. But, but 11 a.m. kickoff with the chance to go 6-0 and 0 and knock off LSU Tigers. Like, are you even disappointed you're not going to be hunting when you think about what no, you're I'm missing a little bit. for? Yeah,
2: I'm a little bit. Because if it was a 6 o'clock kickoff, I could do both. <laughs> you know what I mean? You
1: could. You'd be beat um, to Columbia, but you could do both.
2: So, yeah, I'm a little bummed out. And am I crazy, or is there a rifle? Uh, there is this weekend. There so is. Like, right, that's it, there's a lot going on this weekend. I'm gonna be at Mizzou. Don't worry. Don't go at me, guys. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be the best. The, the first cold front, and I do love that weekend. So it, it's a bummer. I mean, they get out Sunday morning and check Thank- it out.
0: There's public land in Co- Como, so you, you could skip out a little bit of tailgating, go hunt oh, in Como, and
2: I I a, a fight with our hunters. Uh, I'm a public, land, I'm a private only hunter, so I'm not. This this boy ain't ain't, ain't, ain't not built for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> My stand stays now. up all year round. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just change the straps, call it good. Um, I went out Do this you... morning actually.
0: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Skeet. I was going to say, do you even need to stand when you're that high off the ground?
2: (laughs) Okay, that's actually a fun point that I recorded a video I was going to put on our Instagram, but I didn't ever do a follow-up, so it was pointless because I'm stupid. Uh, I've got this this spot in my farm where I just get a ton of deer. They come up from a cornfield, and they go down to the bottoms. They cross right here, right here, right here. Well, the trees are low. We're talking like um, like a 10-foot tree cover, you know what I mean? So the highest you can go with the tree is 10 feet. So I threw a tree stand probably eight feet up there. And when I'm tall enough, where I said eight feet, I literally just put the tree stand as high as I could, stood up on my tippy toes, and I just threw a cord around it, get the stay, and then I got up there and you know cinched it in and got it safe. So this tree stand is eight feet in the air at most. So I'm standing there with my bow. And I don't stand. I, I stay. I don't sit. I stand the whole time. Well, Skeeter, I'm six foot six. So now I'm another six feet up here, you know, where I'm, I'm aiming down on them. And I, I noticed that nothing really bothers me or nothing really sniffs me out up there because i was so high up where I am that they don't notice that I'm standing only eight feet in the air. So you're <laughs> kind of right. You're, you're kind of correct on that. It's a very low hanging stand.
0: You're eight foot off the ground and you're hanging the stand while you're standing on the ground. Meanwhile, I'm packing two sticks <laughs> for me to, to get a climber or a lock-on uh, above eight foot off the ground there. Uh, I really so. just screwed in
2: three of those little cheap, you know, screw-in steps from Walmart and just poop, poop,
0: poop. Man, uh, must be nice, but you know what? Uh, while you're 10 degrees cooler up there, me and Cole will keep it close to the ground and (laughs) maybe see what else is moving around.
1: I don't hunt that high anyway, man. Like, I'd say absolute highest I get is 15 feet, maybe if that. Um, I usually do, I got two, I have a set of three, of course, but I usually only use two hawk helium sticks and then I custom made my own aider, my 550 cord aider to the bottom of them to give me an extra like 18 inches. So I'd take two steps or two sticks and uh, hang on in there and that can get me. And I usually try and pick a tree that has a couple horizontal branches or nooks and crannies that I can climb up as well and give me some additional height if i need it but i'm not i'm not one of these guys that hangs you know 25 30 feet in the air i'm like forget that man i'm not doing that It makes your shot
2: angle all weird and... it, it really does that's a good point uh i have one stand that's 25 feet that i didn't hang i just kind of inherited it um a guy put it on my land and then told him to kick rocks but it's that high in there. Uh, yeah, I sat in, I've never shot anything from, I've sat in a few times and you're right. Shot angle's weird and call me scared of cat. It's just, it's just a little, a little too high in the air for me. It just, it just seems a little unstable up there.
1: Yeah. You know you what I mean?
2: 25 feet in the air.
1: Yeah. No, I, I finally just this past week got all my, got all my stands out, <laughs> got them all hung up. Um, good buddy of mine helped me with that. We hunt the same property. So. We're just uh, we're just waiting on a good cold front that doesn't happen to fall on one of the biggest games of the year. Uh, yep. He's actually not even going to the game nor the stands, so I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, that uh, that's neither here nor there. I might oh. get out. Go
0: ahead. I was I was going to say with the new uh, clock rules and everything, uh, eleven a.m. kickoff. You possibly could sneak out for an evening hunt.
2: I yeah, could. my wife wouldn't kill them for not having to the, be there with the kids. Well, yeah.
1: she's going to the, the game with me, so.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, we're just we're in a pickle for child care, so we're trying to figure that out before Saturday. But Because be. everybody wants to go to this game, so all of our normal people that would help us with child care are going to be there. So we might be bringing the kids. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, I might go out Thursday or Friday morning. It's weird. This time last year, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I... Already had uh, already had two doughs in the freezer, so it's a little weird not having been out at all this year. But it's also been pretty warm,
2: so you were on a heat a hot streak last year. That's I like was
1: it. on a tear, not in yeah.
2: the But know what? if I was a poacher, if I was a legal man, I'd have, have one in the freezer right now too. But <laughs> I'm not.
1: That's all right. Um, I guess I I have been out once. I took my daughter, so yeah, and we could have taken that dough, but. Decided not to, so no. But I might take one. Uh, I might go out Thursday or Friday uh, if I gotta look at the temps. If it's gonna be too hot, might try and go before work, and if I can get it hung up. But we'll see. We got okay. we got the season.
0: I, w- I want to ask y'all real quick. I have my opinion of this, but I did see an article uh the headline of it. I did not click on it and read it to see because it's all opinion based. I don't think there's actual stats to back this up. But early season warm weather hunts. Morning or evening hunt for more deer movement. For me, I think morning because it's the coolest part of the day. The deer are up moving. Uh you catch them headed to their bedding area after they've been up feeding and moving around all night to where evening it's still pretty warm. Uh, and so I don't know that they're up moving right at dusk. In my opinion, what, what's y'all's on that?
2: Personally for me, uh, and this is anecdotal. It's, it's been evening for me. Same. I I just get a bunch more getting towards dusk and I just get a lot of movement. Um, let's let me think here. I, the last, yeah, the last two deer I've shot have been towards the evening. Um, now, I'll add this in there. I went hunting this morning. I had a I was in Platte County, Missouri, eight point limit or eight point restriction on antlers. A six point literally walked in thirty yards of me, stood there, uh, looked around. Maybe ten minutes, he finally found me, and then like an idiot, just stood there and stared me down. Give me if if I wanted if I wanted to after he found me, I had time to get the bow off the hanger pull back and fling one through them. So, I mean, that was in the morning. That was at seven 35. So was absolutely that could have been a shot as well. So I, I get, there's both, but for me, I've always seen more deer at evening.
1: Yeah. I see more in the evening, but it's without question. You could totally get it done on a good buck. If you, if you've got one patterned or, you know, you got a good property to me, it's all about like access. If you're not going to blow out your, you know, an ag field or something like that, getting into your spot in the morning, yeah, go for it. But if it's of an evening, you know, you slip through a cut bean field to get into the edge of the timber without getting seen, just do whatever's most advantageous to you.
0: That's, that would be my suggestion. See, I hunt all wood, like no, no field, uh, which I'm public land. And my deer movement, uh is is generally morning uh 7 o'clock. That's when I'm taking my shot. That's when I got my two last year. And I was soaked in sweat, dragging them out, you know, warm weather. Uh the evening hunts, unfortunately, the deer movement I get on evening hunts nine times out of ten is busting one out when I'm walking in at 2:30, 3 o'clock, or when it's too dark to shoot and I'm walking out, I hear a couple snort wheezes, you know, so, uh, the, just as far as more consistent, consistent movement for me, it seems to be morning and it, I'm sure terrain's got a lot to do with it. I am significantly a little further South than y'all. Uh, so I don't know how much of that changes it. Uh, but, I I just thought that was interesting because I don't know that they I'm sure they can sit there and study one herd of deer but as far as all across the country you're not going to have a solid proof answer on that so I didn't, I didn't read it but that's I did think it was a, I did think it was a good talking point question. Yeah. And I killed Yeah, that's
2: a great question.
1: I I I killed the uh, first buck of the year last year was in the evening and the second one was like 10 30 in the morning so which i went I, the second one i slipped out to the stand after i dropped my daughter off uh to school and before i went to work so i was like i got a couple hours i'm just, it's november 17th i'm gonna go sit in the tree stand and rattled one up to eight yards so
2: yeah, well, that's a good point though i mean people people think if you don't get there before dawn or get there before dusk you're wasting your time if you've got time and you're good to go. Get in that stand. Go hunt. Uh, my my daughter was born. I had no time to hunt. It was the least I ever hunted in my life. But I, I remember it was Saturday. And I get up, get help get the baby ready. And I talk to my wife. And I go, hey, can I just get out for like a couple hours? I go out there. I sit there for an hour. And what do you know behind my stand, eight-point bunk comes walking right by. Boom. It was rifle season. Boom. Down. You know we're going, we're getting, we're getting, or getting cut up. So like it does not, if you've got the time getting your stand because they're going to be moving around at some point, I get there's more times are advantageous to them moving, but getting that stand, if you got any time, that's my biggest tip to anyone is you can't shoot them <laughs> from your couch.
0: Guess what? That deer don't have a watch. It doesn't have an iPhone and say, Oh, dang it. I spent five minutes too long eating acorns. I'm just going to bed right here. you know like uh they're free roaming about animal and there are things a coyote can come in and get them up and moving at a certain time of day that they were bed down or something you know so you never know uh i know we gotta finish this up because we're getting close to an hour we're trying to keep this under an hour doing two episodes a week but uh shell knob missouri which thank you cole is just outside Branson, uh, but a guy I don't have his name down. I don't have. I'm just going off memory here. Shoots an 18 point gnarly looking rack. Uh, he goes to field dress it with his buddies and realizes this buck is missing some important uh, equipment there. So, uh, 18 point doe. Out of South Missouri this year, one of the neatest kills, or one of the neatest kills, in all of the country, let alone the state.
1: Yeah, that one was. Uh, I forget the scientific term for what what that genetic defect is
0: for. I'm biting you know. my tongue because I will get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, please
1: don't. Please don't. We
0: don't need any of that.
1: Um, it's not what you think, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, pretty, that's pretty incredible. The fact that somebody was able to, you know, harvest not only an 18 point, but the fact that the doe was able to get that. And for people that maybe, or if you're still listening at this point and you've never heard this, essentially it's a genetic defect within the deer that the um, reproductive organs of the critter don't quite fully develop and uh, is my understanding uh, and reach uh, sexual maturity and so they kind of got a melting pot of both and so the the does don't uh they're not able to reproduce but the they're also a buck that's not able to reproduce so they're a doe but they grow gnarly antlers and they never the testosterone never increases, so the velvet never sheds. It's a really, really complicated thing, but it's an anomaly. So the fact that this hunter was able to harvest that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. So that's all I got.
0: I'm glad you explained it because <laughs> my explanation. Yep, I, oh. <laughs> I was going
2: to get in trouble if I said Yeah, you would have got us flagged but, on Twitter or something like that. Get it done.
0: Well, when when we go to publish these episodes, it says, does it have explicit content? If I explain that, I would have to say yes. So thank you, (laughs) Cole. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Well, Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff. Show up. Be loud. Be proud. Uh, Another week in the books here. And for Case, Cole Skeeter. M-I-Z-Z-O-U.
1: Go Tigers. Y'all take care. We'll see you Saturday.